Hello, everyone. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast, where every week Jeff Glover and his coaches will dive deep into questions that you are asking. They understand the challenges you're facing on a day-to-day basis and still work every day on the front lines of real estate, with Jeff and his team closing over a thousand homes per year. In today's episode, we're talking about a technique that will win you more listings and take your conversion rates through the roof by becoming more effective with what you're already doing. In this winter webinar, Jeff and coach Justin Ford will share how to master the ways in which different people communicate and how that will benefit your business. Now, let's hear from Jeff and Justin. Hey, hey, welcome everybody. We're here for another winter webinar series. My name is Jeff Glover. I'm from Detroit, Michigan for our first timers on. And I know we've got a lot of first timers every single time we do one of these sessions. Do us a favor, put down in the chat if you're a first timer, raise your hand, let us know what city and state you're from. If this is the very first time you've ever been on anything. So again, my name is Jeff Glover from Detroit, Michigan. I've been listing and selling real estate now. This May will be my 20th year in the business. Believe it or not, 20 years, that's right. And for those that aren't familiar, Glover U is a broker agnostic training and coaching organization, meaning we have agents from Independence, from Remax, from Keller Williams, from Century 21, from Cole Banker, from EXP, from, from Real, from you name it. We've got agents that are in all of our programs, and we love being able to pour into and help others grow. That's our passion. That's what we're here for. For those of you that are not familiar with myself, I've been listing and selling real estate now for 20 years, and I'm still on the ground with you. That's right. I'm still taking anywhere from 75 to 100 listings taken per month. And, or I'm sorry, per month. <laughs> That'd be a great month, right? Right, Justin? 75 to 100 listings per year. And I'm on the ground selling anywhere from 80 to 90, 95 sales just last year. And our team here in Michigan is doing just under 1,000 sales a year. So why do I share that with you? Not to impress you, but to help you understand that the difference between us and probably every everyone else that you hear from today, you know, on social media, you sell six homes and you can put all these little letters after your name because you're a CEO, entrepreneur, public speaker, trainer, extraordinaire. Uh, we actually live it and breathe it every single day. So we're on the ground with you. We know exactly what you're dealing with. And I know Justin is the same as well, which we'll get into his stuff in just a second. So today's topic, work smarter, not harder. This is an important one because this one deals all with versatility. This one deals with understanding who you're communicating with. The example I give all the time from the stage is I have four different listing presentations. That's right. I have four different listing presentations. Now, the script doesn't change, but the style in which I present changes for each one of those. And you're going to find out today why that's important, number one, and how you can modify your presentation to adapt to more clients and lead to more sales. And why we say work smarter, not harder. What I love about today's topic is It's not necessarily about making more calls or going on more appointments. Today's conversation is all about helping you become more effective with what you're already doing. Now, don't get me wrong, and I believe Justin would second this. We love if if you want to make more calls. We love if you want to go on more appointments, Uh, but that's not what today's about. Today is all about helping you convert more of those calls, convert more of those appointments, and that's why we titled this Work Smarter and Not Harder. Working smarter, not harder. Personality styles, communication styles. I know this is something that I learned a long time ago. This is something that Justin and I worked on together. For those that aren't familiar with Justin, he started off as essentially a rookie using the phones as an inside sales associate, a licensed agent on our team. He became our top prospector without question. Uh, I don't think there's been another person that has walked through these doors that set as many appointments as Justin has as it relates to the phones. He then went on to win Rookie of the Year, selling over 100 homes in his first year. 
all through scripts and dialogues and the phones and mastering now, and more recently, mastering communication styles, which is something we worked on for a long time, Justin, and I know you're aware of that. He went on to leading our inside sales team, actually teaching our other new agents how to prospect, how to get results on the phones, how to adapt to other personality styles. And it is my pleasure to introduce to you, Justin, who is still selling 100 plus homes a year and, and has a great team on uh, around him helping him do that, but is also a master of the scripts, the dialogues of prospecting and communication, which is so crucial because I know you kind of learned the hard way, which you're going to share with us a little bit, kind of how you got introduced or at least your experience with communication styles. Because Justin, as you know, a lot of people think it's just, hey, hey, here's the scripts, go role play it with someone. Well, all I got to do is write out scripts, Jeff said. No, 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 there's a whole nother layer to that. And this is the next layer. So Justin Ford, without further ado, take it away, sir. Thanks so much, Jeff. Appreciate it. Hey, everybody, super excited that each one of you have decided to spend uh, an hour of your morning with us. Uh, like Jeff said, guys, versatility and really understanding and learning these four communication styles will literally separate you from your competition and give you literally an unfair edge when you're going into appointments and when you're communicating with people. And I remember back when first starting with Jeff back in 2013, you know, I was hungry, I was excited, I was motivated, and I had no clue what the four personality styles were. And I found myself going on appointments. And many of you can probably relate where I would go into an appointment and just hit it off with someone. It was like I knew them. You know, it was like we had known each other forever. We spent time talking and I got the listing. And then there were times where I'd meet with the client and like just felt like awkward. There was no connection and I didn't get the listing. And I remember walking into Jeff's office one time. And, you know, what's, what's cool is with Glover U, we teach this on a regular basis. But before there was Glover U, Jeff was already teaching this to all of us, his agents. But it was Jeff, as you know, you weren't we weren't learning like versatility and, you know, the four communication styles regularly. You did everything in sessions. You'd learn about the listing presentation, the buyer presentation and so on and so on. And so I remember when <clears throat> that part of the training came around, when you began to tell me about these four personality styles, I got super excited. And when I finally took my personality style, learned what my personality style was through the disc test, everything made sense, right? Everything made sense. And guys, what I'm going to share with you today transformed my business. When I learned how to effectively communicate with the other people that weren't like me, because what you'll learn today is there's four main communication styles, there's four main personality styles, and you're one of the four. Now, we all have different um, aspects of the other three, but each one of us dominate and lead in one of the major um, one of the major personality styles. And so when I learned how to effectively communicate with the other three, my conversion ratio went up. I began to take more listings and I really got excited because I knew that I had an unfair advantage that most people don't know that caused me to take more listings. So we're going to dive into that today. So everybody, if you've got your notebook and your workbook in front of you, what I want you guys to do is I want you guys to flip open to the, to the, to the, where it says the the work smarter, not harder. And I want you to just real quick, I want you to skip over that graph. We're going to come back to that graph where you see those, those four corners. And what I want you guys to do is I want you to have your notes available because I want to tell you guys what versatility is. Okay. Before we get into the four personality styles, we have to have an understanding of what versatility is. Okay. And so for those of you guys on this call who may not be familiar 
A DISC test is really a personality assessment that essentially breaks down into four categories, which we're going to talk about in a moment. And these four categories, guys, are not good, bad, right, or wrong, simply the way each one of us are wired. We were all created and wired a certain way. And why is what we're going to share with you today important? Well, it's very important because as soon as you can understand what the DISC personality someone is, then we can learn how to speak their language. And this is not only effective when, when you're talking to just people in life, but super effective in sales. Why? Because again, we all have one dominant personality style. And when you don't know what the other four are, you're always going to show up speaking your language. And you're going to try to relate to every single person that you talk to the way you know how to communicate, right? And the problem with that is we're going to lose a lot of opportunities, but in the, in the world of real estate, guys, what it means is we're missing out on a lot of sales and a lot of contracts being signed. So why is this important? Okay, why is this important? Because what we're going to talk about today is going to teach you guys how to improve your conversion ratio. So what I want to do is I want to, again, talk about communication and versatility for a second. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Okay, each one of us, right, or humans in general, begin to develop communication styles as early as nine months, okay, as early as nine months. And what happens is we end up developing who we aren't and how we communicate by the time we're 19, okay? As you age, you generally become more versatile because a lot of times what we find ourselves doing is, especially as teenagers, trying to, you know, fit in with this group or that group or try to become maybe what we're not when we don't really understand who we are from a personality standpoint. Now write this down as well. It's our ability to adapt quickly that will cause our business to grow. It's our ability to adapt quickly that will cause our ability and our business to grow. Meaning the better we learn to get with versatility, the more chance we have of doing more deals because of it. And so for those of you guys that are not familiar what versatility is, the definition of it is, the ability to adapt or be adapted to different functions or activities or personality styles. It means the ability to adapt, okay? The ability to adapt, okay? Now, write this one down too. We have to understand and appreciate that if we simply hope that the people around us adapt to what we're saying and the way that we're communicating, we have to accept the fact that we are likely turning a lot of people off, okay? We're likely turning a lot of people off. And this is why early on before learning this, I was turning a lot of people off. Somebody asked me in the chat, Jeff, what is my personality style? Well, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna tell you yet. And when I share all four with you guys, I want you to tell me which personality style you think I am, okay? Because Jeff knew right off the bat when I started working with him, he knew exactly what type of personality style I was, okay? And by the way, that's not that's not like I have a keen sense or, you know, I was born with an extra sense that that nobody else has. It's it's through learning about this and studying it and 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 being aware of it with every single person you talk with and, and, and talk to and meet meet with. Yeah, period. And it's it, guys, this is a, this is something that you learn. It's not like Jeff said, it's not something that you just know before you learn it. OK. All right. I wrote this down as well. OK. Now, watch this. Everyone communicates differently, and we need to accept the fact that our way, like I said earlier, only accounts for roughly 25% of the people, okay? So how do we learn this? Our mindset should be adapt to them based on who they are, not who we are, okay? 
And again, what's great is, guys, this works for any type of relationship. When I learned this communication style, it allowed me to communicate with my wife better, my kids better, my colleagues better, and everybody around me, okay? So watch this. I wrote this one down too. Our goal is that, right, not only you can apply this to sales, but again, personal relationships so that every relationship in your life runs more smoothly if we're willing to learn how someone else needs to be communicated with. Now, the National Association of Realtors came out with a pretty interesting statistic, and it says for the, the average agent will go on four appointments and only get one contract signed. Four appointments and only get one contract signed. So one out of four is 25%. Is that a coincidence? I don't think so. And if you think about it, honestly, guys, it makes sense. Why? Because most agents lack versatility. If we're just going into two appointments, like Jeff said, we're just reading off of a script or we're just following a script and we do not understand versatility, we're going to miss out on opportunities. Now watch this. Because most agents lack versatility, they are only ever communicating and winning the people with who their style is or people that are like them. This was me early on. So if we want to increase our conversion ratio, which I believe everybody does, that's why you're here. Because if, if we want to set more appointments and take more listings and work with more buyers, I believe that's why everybody's here, then watch this. I want you to write this down. We must master what it means to communicate with different personality styles. We must master what it means to communicate with different personality styles, okay? And I say this all the time in our prospecting bootcamp, and if you've ever been to one of my breakouts or heard me on a webinar with Jeff, I always say this, okay? People do not choose you as an agent based on the company that you work with, although that may add to it, or however many sales you have, although that, that may add to it. People hire you based on how you make them feel. People hire you based on how you make them feel. And they care about, right, whether or not you are like them and make them feel good. So how do we do that? Well, we have to speak their language. Okay, so now what we're going to do, guys, is we're going to break down the four personality styles. Jeff, I think you've written some things down behind you. So if you guys now want to go back to the the, the four yep. quadrants on your notes. Page five. Page five. Yep. five. Okay. You want to pull that out. Okay. We're going to go ahead and give you guys now the four personality styles. Okay. The four personality styles. And this right here, guys, is a game changer. I'm telling you right now. And, and we're going to give it to you guys in such a way that you'll be able to identify what the different four personality styles are with, with characteristics and traits and strengths and challenges that they have. And we're also going to give you guys some tips that you'll be able to identify if you don't already know what your personality style is. And we're going to give you guys some ways to be successful here in real estate from your personality perspective. So Jeff, did you want me to start by sharing the four and then? Yeah, let's roll with it. Yeah. All right, great. So number one, guys, is what we call the driver. Now, we use the DISC assessment and we don't use driver meaning D, even though it, it, it's the same, but driver is obviously the D, right? And so if, if you look at a driver, there's some strengths that drivers have. And for those of you guys that are on here, I want you to identify which one you are based on me sharing these four. And I'd love to hear which one you guys are so you guys can put it in the chat. And the D, the D, the, the D, the driver, the characteristics that he's about to share, you should write those down in the top left-hand box. Write those down in the top left-hand box. When we're all said and done, it's going to look like this. The D and I is on the top, and then the C and the S is on the bottom. So D, 
I-S-C. So write it just like that. Leave yourself some room. Don't write the big D like I did because you're going to want to write the characteristics in. But know yep. that the top left-hand box is the high D. And Justin's yep. going to share those now. Yep. So guys, the strengths of a driver are as follows. Drivers are determined. Okay. Drivers are very determined. Drivers are very objective. Okay. Drivers are very independent. Drivers are very persistent. Okay. I'll repeat these again. Drivers are strong-willed. Okay. Got some strong-willed children. You might have a couple of drivers running around. Okay. Uh, drivers are efficient. Drivers make decisions quickly. Drivers love and value action. And drivers are very bottom line oriented. Come and repeat these. Drivers' strengths are they're determined, they're objective, they are independent, they are persistent, they are strong willed. They are efficient. They are. They make decisions quickly. Drivers love and value action, and drivers are very bottom line oriented. Okay, so you guys should have those strengths written down in that top left quadrant. Okay, now let's talk about some of the challenges that drivers have. Okay, and 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 here's what's awesome about this, guys. When you begin to identify what these are, you can kind of like a lot of times when you maybe look at some character flaws or whatever that you think or personality flaws. These are just how you're wired. Now, obviously you can work on them, but this gives you a better understanding and an idea of maybe, you know, some things that you've struggled with or people have struggled, you know, with being in relationship with you. Challenges of a driver are naturally they come off insensitive. Okay. Naturally they come off insensitive. They come off dominating. Okay. Drivers come off dominating. It's a challenge that they have. They also are rushed and impatient, rushed and impatient. Drivers can appear aloof or arrogant, even if they aren't. They can appear aloof or arrogant, even if they aren't. Drivers can seem confrontational. Okay, this is a challenge that drivers have, that they are confrontational. Uh, drivers are money motivated. Okay, now watch this. Drivers have trouble with versatility. Drivers have trouble and struggle with versatility. And honestly, drivers and analyticals have the biggest challenge. And we'll talk about analyticals in a moment. And one of the challenges also that uh, drivers can have is they move too fast, which can lead to carelessness, carelessness, okay? Again, challenges are they're insensitive, dominating, rushed and impatient, can appear aloof or arrogant, even when they aren't, confrontational, Money motivated, have trouble with versatility, and can move too fast, which can lead to carelessness, okay? Carelessness. Now, I want to give you guys some notes because everybody on this call, those that are, well, let me say this. If you guys think you're a driver based on what I just read, drop a 777 in the chat. Like, if you think you're a driver based on what I just read, drop a 777 in the chat, okay? We got a lot of drivers, Okay, we've got a lot of drivers. That's awesome. So, so, so watch this for oh, somebody put 888. <laughs> That's a high eye that thinks they're a driver. <laughs> yeah, right. So, guys, for those of you that are not drivers, okay, so you did not put anything in the chat. I want to give you guys some notes on how to work with drivers. And also for you drivers, 
to be able to know how to work with other drivers, okay? This is important, guys. Now watch this. When dealing with a driver, it's important to recognize that they don't like a lot of chit chat or lengthy discussions. When dealing with a driver, it's important to recognize that they don't like a lot of chit chat or lengthy discussions. They like to get to the point quickly. So when you hear someone say, all right, what's the bottom line, okay? What, what, what do you wanna list my home for? What's the commission? What am I walking away with, okay? A lot of times, guys, let's just get to it. Let's get to the bottom line. Guys, that's a driver, okay? They want to maintain control and ultimately get information quickly so that they can make a decision, okay? They can make a decision. So we want to, watch this, write this down. We want to help let them stay in control. If you've identified that you're meeting with, talking to, or working with a driver, we want to let them stay in control. But watch this. We also want to ask them questions. We want to make sure that we're asking questions. How do we do this? We give them some control. Okay, We want to give them the control and then ultimately ask them questions, which gets them back on track. Okay, And I always say this. You've heard me say it before. If you haven't, I'll say it today. Selling is not telling. Selling is asking questions. Okay, We are selling when we're asking questions, not when we're telling the world how great we are. We're asking questions. So we want to ask questions to get them back on track. Okay. And that side note, if you're prospecting or you're making calls and you find yourself getting off track, if you're in a conversation that's just getting off track, ask a question, bring it back in control and bring it back on track. Okay. So when dealing with a driver, watch this, they will respect someone who is direct and someone who likes to stay on track. So we have to let them take control. We have to let them take control. So these are ways, guys, that we can identify how to work with the driver. Jeff, did you have anything on that? No, just, just I mean, your the characteristics. I mean, at the end of the day, as you're writing these down, they all have pluses and minuses. And a minus doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. Right. And also, a lot of the language Justin used was, hey, can, can appear aloof. Well, maybe they are aloof, but that not everyone is. They just might appear that way. So it's important to understand that where, where you might feel like, man, this guy's kind of a jerk or this gal's kind of a jerk, That that's not their intention. That's just how you're feeling based on how they're responding because chances are you, you are an opposite personality style, which, of course, once we go through all four, you'll be able to see the stark differences between all of them. Yep, absolutely. Now watch this. Here's another way, guys, that you can identify who is a driver. I'm going to give you guys some common careers of drivers. Common careers of drivers are managers, executives, CEOs, most small business owners, law enforcement, attorneys, athletes, and independent contractors, and a lot of real estate agents. I'll repeat that again. Okay. Common careers are managers executives, CEOs, most small business owners, law enforcement, attorneys, athletes, independent contractors, and a lot of real estate agents are are, our drivers, okay? Now, if you are a driver, which a lot of you guys are, I'm gonna give you guys some, some tips on how you can succeed in real estate as a driver. You're gonna to wanna to write these down, guys, because if you did not know any of this up until today, this right here, I'm telling you, is gonna be a game changer for you. If you're a driver, okay, if you're a driver, to succeed in real estate as a driver, 
you need to slow down, okay? We need to slow down. Not only do we need to slow down, we have to have empathy and we have to have patience, okay? We have to slow down, we have to have empathy and we have to have patience. Now, here's the thing about versatility, guys. This is something that's gonna have to be learned. You don't naturally show up if you're a driver to slow down, have empathy and have patience. It's going to take some work and guys for a while, it might be uncomfortable because you're going against what you naturally are. And so you're technically coming out of your comfort zone. So you have to show empathy. This is very important because again, if people are hiring you based on how you make them feel, if they feel like you don't care, you've already lost them. So we have to learn how to be concerned for somebody else. And we need to ask more questions to get to know someone on a deeper level. Even though you want to get to the bottom line, even though you want to go in and, you know, you want to get that contract signed in 10 minutes, sometimes it doesn't work that way. We need to ask more questions to get to know someone on a deeper level. Now watch this, drivers. Uh, do me one like this. Put your hands like this and go like this. We need to turn up the warm and fuzzy. So go ahead and turn that warm and fuzzy up right there, okay? Because you're going to have to do that, okay? You're going to have to do that if you're a driver. I know that's not how you naturally are, but again, we're learning versatility today and this will help you with your business, okay? Now, we're gonna move over to the eye, Jeff, if you wanna show them the, uh, the yep. quadrant again there. Yeah, so the um, eye should be written in the top right hand if you're yep. following along on the quadrants in your workbook, which we've thrown that in the chat a few times. The eye yep. is gonna go on the, right, on the right hand side. And one of the reasons why it's going on the top, which I'll cover the perimeter words that I have here, is because they both, the D and the I, both share something in common. And that is that everything they do happens at a faster pace. They make decisions quicker. They talk faster. They, they move faster. Everything they do happens at a faster pace. And though that's what those two have in common. So if you wrote the D and all the traits on the left-hand side at the top, you're now moving over to the right-hand side. You're going to put an I and you're going to put the traits in there. Yep. Mindy just asked a great question, Jeff. Uh, she said, if you're a D and you're a driver, do you try to go deeper and get to know a driver on a deeper level? I would say no. No, the answer is no, no, because yeah. they're not interested in that. They, right. they, they want the bottom line. They want everything direct and to the point. Yep. This is only if you're working with other uh, non-drivers. So although you can identify these things and be able to relate to another driver, a driver wants to be just like you get to the point, get to the bottom line, you know, turn down the warm and fuzzies with another sure. driver, but anybody else you definitely want to implement those things. All right. So now we're going to All talk. Right, let's go into the eyes. Yep. Yep, we're going into the I guys and the I stands for expressive. The I stands for expressive. Now I'm going to give you guys some strengths here for the expressives. Uh, number one is expressives are persistent. My son, my eight-year-old son is 100% an expressive. This kid is more persistent than anybody I know, I swear. Uh, next, they're strong-willed. Okay. Expressives are outgoing. Expressives are spontaneous. Expressives are exciting. Like Jeff just said, expressives are fast decision makers. Mm -hmm. And expressives are natural salespeople, the most natural salespeople by far. Okay. Expressives have the easiest time succeeding in sales, but have the hardest time succeeding at a high level. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. And expressives are very relatable. I'll say it again. The strengths of an expressive, they're persistent, strong-willed, outgoing, spontaneous, exciting, 
fast decision makers, the, the most natural salesperson by far. They have the easiest time succeeding in sales, <laughs> Stacy, uh, and they have the hardest time succeeding at a high level. Okay, and Justin, let me add. Let me add one more that's going to help everyone remember the I. They're also very influential. Influential of the four, they are more influential naturally than than the rest. They're extremely influential, and that might help you remember. Okay, how to remember I is for expressive because expressive starts with an E. Well, just remember I is influential, and then remember all the traits that go under influential that we just shared. Yep, yep, absolutely, guys. And so this helps you to understand what the strengths are of a expressive. Now, let's talk about the challenges that expressives have. Expressives are very gregarious, meaning they're outspoken, okay? Uh, expressives need applause or validation or recogni uh, recognition, uh, recognition like, hey, look at me. Sometimes expressives are too opinionated. They can come off being manipulating because they are naturally salespeople. So it may, it may seem like they're being, you know, being manipulating, but they're not. Uh, well, they could be, but again, it might seem like they are based on just their natural sales uh, skills. Uh, also, another one for uh, expressives are they're very, they have very extreme emotions, meaning very high highs and very low lows. And there's really no in between with an expressive. Mm -hmm. Expressives are always usually late. <laughs> uh, expressives usually have lack of focus and can also fear rejection. Okay. Also fear rejection. And, and, and so again, they're, I'll repeat these, but they're very gregarious, meaning they're outspoken. Uh, they need applause or validation or recognition, uh, recognition, like, Hey, look at me sometimes too opinionated. Uh, they can come off being manipulating. They have a very extreme emotions high highs or low lows, no in-betweens, and usually are always late. And expressives have lack of focus and can also fear rejection. For those of you guys that think you are an expressive, drop a 777 in the chat, okay? I know that I have a lot of 77. Someone just <laughs> put like a thousand sevens. <laughs> yeah, definitely, okay? <clears throat> so, so now I wanna give you guys some notes on expressive. So. For those of you guys that did not put a 777 in the chat, okay, we got a lot of expressives in here, okay? For those of you guys that are not expressives, okay, so that means you're, um, you know, one of the other three, I want to share with you now how you can connect and win with expressives, okay? Now, this is this is how you know. This is how you can really it can help you really understand and know. Expressives are typically involved with multiple things at one time and seem to enjoy living life on the edge. You'll notice that expressives speak to you based on personal emotions and feelings and personal experiences versus facts. I'll say that again. Expressives usually speak to you based on personal emotions and feelings and personal experiences versus facts. They make their decisions and have conversations based on things that have happened versus facts. You'll notice that they are very animated in their style of clothing, their style of home, and their style of communication. So if you've identified that, you know what, I'm talking to an expressive or I'm you know meeting with an expressive, here's how you win with them. Compliment them on their style. 
whether it's their house, their car, their clothing, whatever it is, you you compliment them on their style and you'll become their best friend. Remember, these ones like the limelight. So we have to play into that a bit. The quickest way to win over an expressive is to keep them talking. And guys, how do we keep people talking? We ask more questions, okay? So what you wanna do with an expressive is you wanna be excited when interacting with them, such as, hey, tell me more about that, okay? Tell me more about that, okay? Now, the most common careers for expressives are all types of sales, okay? Communicate, uh, sorry, customer service or communi- you know, communications, the hospitality industry, such as hotels, restaurants, retail, flight attendants, recruiters, team leaders, buyers, agents, and showing agents, okay? When you see these types of careers, a lot of times these are, um, are expressives. Now, if you're an expressive, okay, if you're an expressive, then what I want to do, guys, is give you some ways to succeed with the other three, okay? So if you're an expressive, this is for you. If you're an expressive, how do we win in real estate? These are the fastest to succeed because they have the most, like Jeff said, natural talent available or are naturally the most influential. If the expressives can master time management and focus sticking to one thing, they can succeed at a very high level. Expressives value having a lot going on at one time. They like this because it's not, if it's not this way, it's boring. And I remember, Jeff, when I came to you one time after, you know, being with you six months or so or a year and just getting so bored with the mundane of prospecting and doing the same over and over and over. And then Jeff introduced me to repetitious boredom, right? Because I'm like, man, this stinks. I need to go find a new career because I was (laughs) bored, right? And so watch this. Excitement is having a lot going on at once for an expressive. But the reality is this. You can have a lot going on at once, but you'll never master anything. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I want you expressives to hear that because for those of you guys that guess, yes, I'm a 99 expressive. I'm as high as you can get as an expressive, but I've had to learn not only how to be more versatile, but to learn where my own challenges are as an expressive. And and Jeff has helped me with that quite a bit to where I can learn better time management. Still working on that one. I haven't mastered that one yet, Jeff. And also really learning how to stick to one thing. Okay. And so for those of the the knob example that you gave, this is you have to tone tone it down, right? Remember before on the D, hey, we got to turn up the warm and fuzzy. The expressive has to tone down the warm and fuzzy, tone down the energy and enthusiasm. I tell high eyes all the time. If you're going on a listing appointment and you're meeting with with a C, a high C, an analytical, which we're going to get to, we recommend that you do your listening presentation just sitting on your hands. Or if you're an off the charts high eye, sometimes it's better just, you know, do your listening presentation, just kind of lay down on the couch, you know, take all the energy and enthusiasm out, just do it from from their couch, uh, because you have to learn to tone it down. And I know tone it down is is like a cuss word to to my high eyes, but you, you have to learn to do that when you're meeting with people that aren't like you. Super important, guys, because you'll lose a C every time if you're going in there all expressive and stuff, okay? Next one is the amiable. Jeff, do you want to show them where that's at? Yeah, so the amiable is going to be located. We go in this order, D, I, S. So now we're bottom right. Bottom right, you're going to go ahead and write an S. 
Again, don't write it as big as me in your workbook there. Again, you should all have your workbook and are following along. Write it smaller so you can leave room for all these traits. Take it away with the high, high S. And by the way, a good way to remember the amiable, the S stands for supportive. So if you want to go ahead and write down that right now is the first trait. That's a very supportive type of trait. So go ahead, Justin. Yep. The amiable personality style strengths are amiables are agreeable, friendly, okay? Agreeable, friendly, great listeners. They value harmony. Very much so. Yep. They value harmony. They're very warm personality. Amiables are team players. Amiables are selfless and amiables are giving, okay? Agreeable, friendly, great listeners, value harmony, very warm personality, team player, selfless giving, and supportive, like Jeff said. Now, the challenges of an amiable are amiables seek acceptance too much, meaning they have a very high need for approval, okay? Amiables really do everything they can to avoid conflict. They're slow in taking action, like Jeff said. They are slow to make decisions because watch this. This is why, because generally they are indecisive because if they have to make decisions, somebody is going to get upset or they're gonna let somebody down. That's very important to an amiable, okay? Uh, also, they're very soft-spoken and indecisive, okay? Again, amiable seek acceptance too much and need for approval too much. They avoid conflict at all costs. They're slow in making uh, taking action slow to make decisions because generally they are indecisive because if they have to make decisions, someone is going to be upset. They're very soft-spoken, they're very indecisive, and they hate rejection and have the hardest time with rejection. And then lastly, can lack ambition uh, because uh, they love living in the box of their comfort zone, okay? Now, let me give you some notes on amiable. So if you're not an amiable, okay, well, let, let me say this. If you're an amiable, based on what I just said, drop a 777 in the chat, okay? Amiables, let, let's see it. Don't be shy. We want to yeah, see amiables, 777. <laughs> Love it. A lot of amiables yeah. on here. That's great. Yep. So watch this. So if you're not an amiable, this is how you'll know how to work with an amiable. When working with an amiable, they have a very high need for approval and harmony. So when dealing with this personality style, refer to the fact that you want the next person you talk to to feel as good about the home as they feel. This will make them feel as comfortable as possible. And they like hearing the, the term home versus property. I want to list your property. No, I want to I want to help you sell your home. You want to use the word home with an amiable. Okay. Now, common professions of an amiable teachers, nurses, support staff in any line of work, nonprofits, counselors, therapists, administrative roles, and assistants. Okay, those are common professions of an amiable. Now, if you're an amiable, which a lot of you are, this is how you succeed in real estate. The amiables have the highest chance of succeeding in real estate, okay, if, with capital letters, if they get over their fear of rejection. Now, nobody naturally likes rejection, okay? So we're not saying that some like it and some don't, but amiables really have a fear of rejection. The reason being, they already come born with the highest level of versatility. This is why amiables have the highest chance of succeeding because they have, they already come born with the highest level of versatility. So watch this. So amiables can make calls and go on appointments and have a higher closing ratio because they already let the driver 
have control. They already let the expressive talk. They have versatility naturally built in. However, watch this. This is, I mean, all of you amiables, I want you to put stars around this and circle this, okay? If you're an amiable and you're not putting yourself in enough situations to face rejection where someone could say no to you, you won't succeed at a high level. Now watch this. We have a Gloverism that we share with you guys, right? The more rejection I get, the more money that I make, okay? Very important. The more rejection that I get, the more money that I make, okay? So if you're an amiable, you have to, again, all of us have to come out of our comfort zones to learn this stuff, guys, okay? And the last one is the analytical, okay? Here's the analytical. Hold on. There's just one thing I want you to write. For those of you that are writing in your workbook, I want you to write the word feel on the right-hand side. Feel. That's what the I and the S have in common. They make decisions and they speak based on their feelings. They decide who they're going to hire based on their feelings. They talk based on their feelings. So the high I and the high S have that both in common. So just go ahead and write feel on the right-hand side there. And then, yep. yes, let's let's get to the last one, the high yep. C, which is going to be the bottom left-hand corner of your of your workbook there. Yep, yep. So now we're going to move into the, to the C, guys, which stands for analytical. So if you're analytical, okay, here are some of the strengths of analyticals. Number one is they're very logical and fact-based. Analyticals are very dependable. Analyticals are punctual, meaning if you have an appointment with an analytical at 12 o'clock and you show up at 12 o'clock, you're late, okay? You wanna show up at least five minutes or so early. On time, again, is late to an analytical. Analyticals are very organized and precise, and mm -hmm. analyticals are very systematic and perfectionists, okay? Those are their strengths. Now, the challenges that analyticals have is Analyticals overanalyze things. We call it analysis paralysis, okay? Analyticals avoid confrontation. Uh, they have a dry sense of humor, but watch this. They can be very chatty only if they're talking about something they're, they're passionate about, okay? When they know a topic inside and out, and when they have mastered a topic, they like to go on about it, okay? Also, analyticals are indecisive because they need more information. They never... You can never have enough information prepared for an analytical to make a decision. And watch this. Anal analyticals are very low on emotion, but analyticals are very adverse to change. They don't like change. And they also have a lot of trouble with versatility. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, how many of you guys are analyticals? Uh, drop a seven. Well, that's that's kind of expressive. Just drop one seven. <laughs> yeah. No, for an analytical, drop a 7.7. 7. <laughs> Let's get specific. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Yeah. And so now watch this though. Okay. For all of my analyticals, if you're if you're if you're not an analytical, okay, if you're not an analytical, this is how you want to relate to an analytical or present to an analytical. When presenting or meeting with or working with analyticals, it's important that you give them, watch this, and you can write this down in big, bold capital letters, all the information up front. They want all the information up front. And you don't want to push them to make a decision because they will 100% respond with withdrawal. So if you're a driver and you're trying to get them to sign the contract and they're not ready, you'll lose them, okay? This is the one trait of the four that when they say they want to think about it, that they really do want to think about it. So don't try to convince them, well, what do you, well, okay, let's think out loud, right? Let's make a decision now. No, you let them think about it. 
When the others say they want to think about it, it's just a smokescreen objection that we need to overcome. But with an analytical, they really, truly want to think about it. And they really, really, you know, want to take that time. So do not push them. If you get become too pushy with them, you'll turn them off. Now, I'm sure you guys have already guessed it. Common professions of an analytical are our engineers, right? Our CPAs, our computer workers, our pilots, <clears throat> our doctors, and our lawyers, okay? You don't want expressives flying airplanes, do you, Jeff? <laughs> no. we, 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 want, we want our analyticals in there. And then lastly, okay, and then lastly, how do you succeed if you're an analytical? So if you're an analytical, this is how you succeed in real estate, ready? The analyticals take the longest to succeed and sometimes, watch this, never succeed unless they get out of their own way, unless they get out of their own way. If they can figure out how to get out of their own way, watch this. They actually have out of the four, the best chance of succeeding, number one chance of succeeding at a high level because they take so, so much time to master things. The yep. problem is if they don't take time to get into action, they can lose motivation and not get excited about what they're doing. So if you can overcome the need to have all the answers first to take action, then analyticals will be able to succeed at a super high level, okay? Now, I know this was a lot of information, guys, tons of information. And I know you guys probably took a lot of notes, but if you guys missed some things, right? I think, Jeff, they're going to get the recording of today's... Um, yeah, we're, we're going to get the recording out to everybody. And I know that you're, you cover a lot of this in your prospecting boot camp, which we'll get to in just a second. But yeah. I do want to add uh, one, two, three, four, five. I want everyone to write down six words or phrases somewhere in your workbook. Because Justin, as you know, people are going to say, well, how do I adjust? What do I adjust? And I know you cover this in your prospecting boot camp, but I want to just real quick, and I'm not even going to, you know, we're not going to go through explanations, but if I'm watching these, if I'm listening and learning these four, and I'm thinking about what do I need to adjust in order to adapt? You need to adjust your, I wrote down your volume, the volume, the level in which you speak right? Who do you think wants a higher volume? The top half, lower volume, bottom half, which by the way, I put slow down here. I put think on the left-hand side. If you were following along, think on the left, slow on the bottom. The next thing, your rate of speech, your rate of speech, you're talking faster up here. You're slowing down your rate of speech down here. If I'm a high D and I go present to, to an amiable or an analytical, I need to slow down my rate of speech. Otherwise they're going to think I'm just a fast talking salesperson. By the way, contrary to that, if I'm a high C or a high S and I go on an appointment and just present like my normal, maybe methodical, careful, super prepared way in a very, very kind of monotone rate of speech and or I'm sorry, a monotone um, uh, a dialogue and, and a really basic rate of speech, they're going to think I'm slow and, and not successful. And I don't know what I'm doing, even though I might have, you know, I might be the best, best in the business. Right. You have to adjust, be able to adjust your rate of speech. What about your tonality? Your tonality. What about your body language, right? How do you carry yourself? Your energy and your enthusiasm. How are you adjusting your energy and your enthusiasm? Are you toning it down? Are you toning it up? And then I wrote down emojis and punctuation. Somebody asked, well, how do you tell it in emails? Well, are you using 17 exclamation points in your emails? Chances are you're probably a high eye. If you're dealing with a high eye, maybe you're going to use the same ones. The person you're communicating with, are they using a lot of emojis? Maybe you should consider using a lot of emojis back. 
Are you using too many emojis and they're not using emojis at all? You're probably turning them off if you are. So those are the things that I want everyone to pay attention to. And Justin, I know in your prospecting bootcamp, you spend an entire session on this and you give ideas for, for, for versatility and, and language and so forth. But I know we have a lot of people on that are, are thinking, okay, how do I apply this to my prospecting calls? How do I ap apply this to my conversion with leads, with buyers, with leads, with sellers, and, and, and really be mindful of this? So can you share with us a little bit about your program, please? Yeah, absolutely, guys. Uh, this the prospecting boot camp that I lead is a 16 week class where we literally roll up our sleeves and just like today, we we go on Zoom every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern for about 45 to 60 minutes, guys. And I take you through the A to Z's, not only of the communication style, but everything that you need to know on how to prospect, take more listings, and really create a a system that you can follow that 100% works. And you can flip to page 16 as I'm talking. Yeah, 16 in your workbook. And it's on your screen as well for those that don't have a workbook. Yep. But this right here, guys, this strategy of the communication styles and really understanding and learning these four personality styles for someone like me, who is a high I, who's a high expressive, I was losing listings because I didn't understand this information. And so obviously we kind of breeze through it today in an hour but guys, for 16 weeks as a, as a group in a community, we work every single week to implement things that will help you not only learn how to take more listings, but to set more appointments, right? How to identify when you're on the phone with somebody, what their personality style is. We're going to give you the scripts, the objection handlers. We're going to role play together. We're going to write out the scripts. And the amazing thing about this 16-week course is Guys, everything that I have done and do to sell 100 plus homes a year, I'm literally opening up my entire playbook and giving it to you because it's exactly what Jeff gave to me when I joined his team. And so we've created this course to help each one of you guys be able to go out and sell more homes, take more listings. You know, we're going to give, I mean, this one here alone, okay? We're going to give you the 25 sources of business that Jeff and his team use to sell a thousand homes a year. That course right there alone, game changer guys. And, and the, the, the great thing is guys, the investment for this class is only $299 a month for four months. So really a $1,200 investment. And what I always ask everybody is how many listings would I have to help you to take in order to pay for this course? The amazing thing is guys, you, 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 you take one listing and sell one home, this will probably, you know, more than quadruple, if not more, the investment. And here's what I will say. Every single, I've been teaching this now for two years, almost three. Every single agent that has gone through this, this course and applied what I teach sells more homes. Andrew Pepper, I don't know if you're on here, but he shared this back at when we were in Orlando last month at the Glover U Summit. Andrew said, I hated prospecting. I hated talking to people. Didn't want anything to do with it, but I knew if I was going to grow, I had to get into an uncomfortable situation. Joined the boot camp, and guys, he took 19 listings, 19 listings during the last boot camp, and he said it himself, it changed and transformed his life. So if you guys want more information about the boot camp, we're starting it at the end of the month. You can text the word prospecting to 55444. And you will get the information on the boot camp, guys. I'm personally going to be teaching the, the class. You'll have direct access to me. We're going to put you into a private Facebook group for our prospecting boot camp. And guys, this course will change your life, I promise. 
what's super cool about what Justin does also, because he's obviously on the ground. That's a big thing for us. We require all of our coaches to be on the ground and in production is in his private Facebook group. He'll go live from time to time and say, Hey, we're doing a prospecting session right now. Come get into the group. Come join me. And we're not talking about the Glover U inner circle. We're talking about the group specific for the prospecting boot campers. This is also for Justin. I know a lot of people that, you know, hiring their first ISA or, or maybe they're not cut out for the phones or they don't enjoy the phones. They want nothing to do with them. And they're just kind of going to throw their hands up and say, Hey, I, I don't want to master the phones, even though I know a lot of people should. And you and I would say that they should, this is something that you could put your inside sales associate through. Uh, or if you have a, a, a prospector or somebody making calls for you, this is, this is the training. Let us do the heavy lifting for you. Now, Justin and I would both say you should master it yourself first. So that way you only have to take it once and then you can teach it for years to come. But ultimately, if you want to use us to be your training resource, go ahead and do it. I mean, we have, again, agents on from, from Cole Banker, from Century 21, from Remax, from Keller Williams, from EXP, from Real, from Independence. Everyone's on from different situations. I mean, we have we have a lot of teams that put all of their listing agents through this. It is very complex 16 week. And it's 16 weeks, 45 minutes of live instruction. But also, you save 10 to 15 minutes at the end for Q&A and discussion. Is that right, Justin? Absolutely, guys. And there's a lot of dialogue. I mean, this is not just me speaking from a screen. I mean, we're doing Q&A, we're doing interaction, and then we're, we're, we're role playing, right? We're, we're interacting in the group during the week. We're, you know, communicating with each other. We're answering questions. We're teaching objection handlers throughout the week. I mean, it's very hands-on. And for those of you guys that are looking for something where you're a part of a community, a group to learn this, I mean, this is it. Yeah. And, you know, this isn't something like, hey, we wrote this program five years ago and Justin's just been teaching it as it was written five years ago. Remember, that's the difference between Glover U and all the rest out there. Our coaches are on the ground. We're on the ground with you. So we know when something in the industry is changing, Justin and I were, for instance, Justin and I were having a conversation. Our scripts were last updated in 2020. Well, gosh, it's been two years. It's probably time for us to take another look at them. But here's the thing. They were updated in 2020. How many programs and coaching companies or brokerages are still using scripts from the 90s or the early 2000s? You have to update them because it's based on what's happening in the economy, what's happening in the industry. And Justin shares everything that's working for him and working for us right now. So, yes, uh, we had a few people ask down in the chat. You text the word prospecting to 55444. That's the same phone number that you texted for the morning message. For those that missed it, if you text the word morning to 55444, that signs you up for the morning message. That's absolutely free. If you want to learn about the program, it's not a commitment. You'll get a chance to review more about the program and get a chance to review the agreement. Just text the word prospecting to 55444. And other than that, we're here each and every Monday and Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern time. I'm excited because on Wednesday, for the first time ever, we're digging into neuro-linguistic programming. We've been doing it, Justin, as you know, we've been doing it with JGA for years. We're going to now take that and share it with the public, and we'll be talking about that on Wednesday, this Wednesday, gloveru.com forward slash webinar to sign up for that. Justin, thanks so much for your time. Hopefully, everyone got a ton of value from today. We look forward to seeing you on Wednesday and for sure in Justin's Prospecting Bootcamp. Let's make it a great rest of the week. See you guys. Thank you for taking your time to join Jeff and Justin today on the Live Unreal with Glover You podcast. To get started on having an unreal business, take the real estate self-assessment. After you complete the assessment, a member of Glover You will get on a call with you to create an action plan to improve your score. Go to www.gloveru.com self.
If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Search for Live Unreal with Glover U on iTunes, Podbean, or Spotify and subscribe today. Until next time.